everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpanito, your features editor. My name is Andrew Stretch, Senior Content Manager. I'm William Worrell, uh, staff writer and horror aficionado. Yeah, we've brought we brought Will back again from from the dead. Ooh, Ooh <laughs> spooky! spooky. Uh, to talk about horror games, because I I mean, th- here's the thought process. Yesterday, at the time of recording, was Friday the thirteenth. By the time you're hearing this, it's Monday the sixteenth. Yeah, you know, that's just the way it goes. Um, Monday the sixteenth can be spooky as well. Well, sure. we'll decree it. It's yeah. October. It's fine. Yeah, the, the entire month is spooky. And you know what the spookiest thing is? I think this is the, maybe the first episode where, Stretch, you've had to say your actual title. I thought I'd, I thought because I'm not I'm not going to be the, the one giving my title lost that it might be weirdest to actually give my title. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yeah, like I, a new kind of choice. And I definitely felt like that tingle up my spine, you know, <laughs> a little bit of that spooky energy. Something's uh, wrong in the world. <laughs> Uh, so for this week, we're, we're going to do kind of a, another draft where we're going to draft uh, our personal, like our, our picks for horror games, you know, maybe they're the best, maybe they're ones that we want to talk about, uh, you know, there's just, I think the reasoning is going to be maybe a little different for all three of us, and we'll get into that as the show goes on. Um, but it's going to be a draft in the same way that we've done a previous draft episode where Stretch is going to go first, he gets first pick, then I get the next pick, and then Will gets two picks, I get a pick, Stretch gets two picks, etc. right? Um, so I think we can just get started and do our three, create our, our list of threes. So stretch horror game. What is yours? So I've, I've kind of, it's, you know, it's not like the way that I've approached my list has not been like scariest to least scary. All of them are, are very unique in their own way. Um, but very top of my list for all that it does to not just be, like a good game and spooky, but also to fuck with the player, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem. Mm. Um, for, you know, if people are listening and are not aware of Eternal Darkness, this is a GameCube game. I think it was only on the GameCube. It was. Yeah. But it was a game that would mess with the player by doing stuff like lowering the game audio or your character would start like randomly sinking into the floor and it would all be tied to the the sanity mechanic in game so the worse you were at the game the more it would mess with you but going back and playing it now all of the ways that it messes with you are so dated like it might screw with you that like it's changing input on you or it's muting but instead of just like the audio cutting out, it's got like the giant green mute letters in the top left of the screen, like mm-hmm. old CRTs would have. <laughs> yeah, it, it the UI it had, right? It it brought up like things that an old TV, well, not old, but like 90s, early 2000s TV. Right? It's old. Yeah, mostly okay. CRT. Yeah, yeah, it is retro, I guess, right? <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, like Pokemon yes. X and Y just had their tenth anniversary. Like, retro is is like early 3DS nowadays. <laughs> Depending on who you it's ask, true. but it's not a conversation you want to start. Trust me. Right? No, the <laughs> 80s was only 20 years ago, right? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Forever. Yeah. So that's that's my start off. Eternal Darkness because I love the idea of a of a. Like it's not the spookiest game, but it's it's GameCube graphics. It's not the scariest thing in the world to look at. 
but I love a game that that like reaches through the screen and tries to fuck with you, the player. Mm, I guess stunning that. opening pick. Stunning yeah. opening pick. It's I was not expecting an Eternal Darkness, but I will take an Eternal Darkness. Um, I'll go. I'll I'll take you know take a shot if you expected someone to say Resident Evil on this pod. I will take Resident Evil Seven as my pick. I think that's the one where for me it's. I mean, everyone everyone knows Resident Evil Four is the best. Ten out of ten. This or yada yada, right? Um, but I think seven is the one that's like that perfect mix of like, it is legitimately pretty fucking spooky your first time going through that game with a claustrophobic first person view, fucking Jack just like never, never dying and his footsteps, right? It brings back the Resident Evil 2 energy to it. So I don't know. It's, it's, I think that right mix of like, it's, it's a modern Resident Evil game that is fun and by the end of it you are kind of an action hero just like leon right but the beginnings of it pretty legitimately spooky like the second house you go through that's that's pretty fucked too right um it's not the scariest moments like there are definitely scarier moments in other resident evil games but i think like as an overall vibes if you take like the median average i think seven is that right balance of like spooky and fun seven did such a good job of like announcing to the world that like resident evil is back as mm -hmm. well and that really kicked off a lot of this incredible resurgence that capcom has like capcom is in a new golden age at the moment um and it was really resident evil 7 uh that that kicked that off yeah, yeah i think 7 was a strong was such a strong entry point because as, as scrappy said it's got like the full package overall is really quite up there it's not relying on um like, I think 4, obviously, crack, like, fantastic game. Played it a billion times because it's as great as it, as it is. It kind of re relies on the campiness. Like, because yeah. it threw itself into that a bit more, which is great, and it really works for that game. But it's kind of nice having 7 be that sort of one where it's a little bit more... Applying to, like, more modern movie tropes, I guess, mm -hmm. almost. The way that, sort of, like, the psychological stuff happens in the game as you get yeah. further and further into it. Like, I yeah. kind of see 4 as an action game with horror elements, or Seven's a horror game with action elements. You know, I think it's just, yeah, yeah okay, that's kind of what it is. So did you, did you have any difficulties in your mind weighing up whether you would go with Resident Evil 7 or Resident Evil 6 as your pick of a, of a great horror game? Hey, Stretch, we haven't gotten to my second pick. Don't spoil my second Oh, sorry. <laughs> Man, that would be so funny if one of us came into this draft pick of, like, best horror games, and it's just Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, 4. <laughs> It's just all resident games i mean yeah. we probably we probably could do a pod that just like rank all the resident Evil. like there's more like you know i'll oh, spin off do not have a long enough podcast to, to do all of the resident evil games with those spin-offs we'd be here for hours <laughs> yeah but that's that's my pick will you get your first and second pick here because cool, we're doing stage. sort of the, the snake draft yeah like, we're doing yeah. back and forth uh, my first pick, which is probably would probably surprise a lot of people who are familiar with the series because of the one I'm choosing. It's sort of a such similar situation to you, Scrappy, with uh, Resi 4 being the sort of like the one. In this instance, I'm going with Silent Hill, but specifically Silent Hill Downpour, which is post Japanese development in the series, which would probably be like, you know, surprising to a lot of people. But I'll be honest with you, the reason that I chose Downpour over 2, which was my favorite horror game for like a long time anyway, um, it's just because Downpour actually surprised me, and I ended up having a like it was really well done as a horror game, but because 
when it first came out it wasn't it was really rushed out and um it was only made this good via updates after the studio that had done it was like being forcibly closed and stuff um and i feel like because of that fact so many people never got to try it out and it did a really good job of um the thing that a lot of Silent hill games struggled with since like two and three onwards has been enemy design is supposed to reflect the main character the whole town is the big like um antagonist of Silent hill is the town and most post two three you know post american like development taken over western development i should say taken over because it wasn't all american the studio who did downpour were uh, polish i think or european anyway um most of them struggled by having like they, they would pull elements that were popular but without really understanding that they only worked because they were applied to the character from the game they're in pyramid head is a big example doesn't appear in downpour because the whole point he existed in two was because james sunderland in it is like uh repressed in his sort of masculinity and finds his own masculinity scary big masculine monster attacking a lot of feminine monsters is that manifesting but because right. it's fan favorite it just gets reused everything i saw in downpour was actually like applied to either of the two protagonists because you only play as one character in the game but there's a secondary protagonist who's kind of chasing you and she's also the protagonist of the story that you learn through like secondary stuff because there was lots of cuts again it's not a perfect game but it's my pick because it's just one of those ones that not enough people who are fans of that series have had a chance to play not helped by the fact that it's not on pc it's only exclusive to the 360 and the ps3 so you wow. really struggle to play them these days without emulating or owning an older system yeah they're on backwards compatible um, Maybe I on think Xbox. On Xbox, yeah. I mean, it definitely is because I have downhill uh, downpour right here, and I used to play it on my Series X. So, oh, like so like, yes, yeah. yes, it is backwards compatible on the Xbox One and Series consoles, but yeah. disc only. Like you can't download it. You can't download it. You, it, need, to, you, can't download you need to it. You put the disc in, and then the copy. disc will download it for you. Also, oh, so I feel like. I would like to throw in at the end of this selection briefly. Apologies for interrupting you there, Scrappy. Yeah. yeah. Just the big PSA to one who does end up playing downpour based on this or for any other reason really when you read online that if you get the secret ending you can't get any of the other endings that is no longer true they have dated that I was in a lot of emotional pain the day that I thought that was true and then discovered two days like two weeks later oh no I could have carried on playing and I would have been able to platinum it so oh, no. you know, PSA it's been fixed up I think I remember hearing you having that turmoil in the company slack back in the day <laughs> my I, desktop wallpaper is literally still a downpour from that playthrough like it's still uh, downpour related. <laughs> oh, man, so I support your local that. game shop pick up a disc of it go, pick up, yeah. go, go support your local game shop copy of like best buy yes. <laughs> mm, yeah good point actually i guess well i i mean i guess here in seattle we have quite a few so maybe, maybe i'm a little spoiled we, and like i mean in yeah. CX, in the uk we have cx so like if you're in the uk you might be lucky as well because that's where i got yeah. my copy from of course the mm. other problem is that they are getting more expensive now because they are trapped on those systems so mm. you know konami if you're listening a re-release wouldn't wouldn't go amiss you know you're doing metal gear solid right i mean it's it's right there but come on what yeah and PC, they've also support, there, please there's also that silent hill 2 remake coming out yep the silent hill 2 remake coming out they already released re-released for a couple of years back because again i covered that for for the site too and then there's that choose your own adventure arg kind of thing happening at the end of the yeah, month yeah i mean that one's a bit more interesting hasn't that so there's been like preliminary episodes of that already going off hasn't there oh yeah i think i think so because I, I know that know. people on, on the the reddit seem to have been talking about it and like judging it and i was like oh i didn't know it was <laughs> even available but i might have missed them at some point 
That's a true gamer move. Let's judge something before it's even released. <laughs> I know, right? How, how the hell? I mean, it's like how the hell, but we do it, see it all the time. Yeah. We don't mm -hmm. do it all the time, but we see it all the time. Yeah, it's, it's just everyone on like Twitter and Reddit and everything, right? It's kind of like the way the internet sort of encourages people to sort of like be with their opinions and stuff is just like straight Major in there. reactions like, first cool. you guys take like it's fine to take a five minute breather it's okay yeah but yeah downpour is my, my first choice anyway there you go there's the silent hill downpour and now it's back to you again for your well, second cool. everyone's first picks out we've got a resident evil a silent hill i'm pretty proud that i went that i went niche with my uh niche with my pick yeah yeah i mean uh, i must admit i was quite pleasantly surprised when you came out with the uh, um, I'm not the biggest horror aficionado. I used to get I used to get terrified playing Resident Evil Survivor on my PlayStation One back in the day. Mm. I mean, I can't blame yeah. you. That is a terrible game. <laughs> <laughs> so, second pick. All oh, right, yeah. Sorry, I forgot. I, I forgot that it was me again. <laughs> um, so, hey, just you know, to please you for your more niche. Actually, you know what? I'm going to swap my order a little bit. But I was going to go for. For this, I've changed my second, my third round, but my second pick is a game called Rule of Rose, which you may or may not have heard of. Mm. That's another pick that, although again, isn't like it's not like some masterpiece of gameplay or, or whatever, but the storytelling, mm. the atmosphere is really good. And again, so many people haven't had the opportunity to play this one because basically there was like a tabloid campaign against it in Italy in the early 2000s, and it was like banned from lots of places despite the fact that this campaign from this tabloid was completely untrue uh, it's actually a relatively tame experience if i'm honest with you but like in a in a good and enjoyable kind of way um but yeah it's a sort of resident evil clone where you're playing a girl in england in like the uh, very early 1900s or late 1800s who is like i think a bus breaks down on the road she ends up in an orphanage and then on an airship in the sky it uh, goes to some very weird places but, but it's yeah it's like a traditional resident evil style style horror a set on a, a flying airship mostly staffed by monsters and small children and it's a very unique experience yeah i'd never heard of that one is that when did that come out oh was that like 2002 ish it was it was during the sort mm. of height of the um ps2 era basically let me just double check rule of rose was 2000 and oh, i was actually a bit late in that Six. 2006 mm. gotcha. so, yeah. yeah it was the weird release because of the as i said it got kind of ripped apart by a tabloid campaign basically yeah. sort of similar to gta mm -hmm. but with more so what, what was the like what was the the focus of the tabloid campaign well as i said previously a lot of the characters are children and nothing actually happens to like horrific to the kids in it it's usually sort of like um like uh, it's basically telling a lot of horror stories through the idea of um interpersonal like relationship problems between the kids like they're in an orphanage or a daycare and it's like i don't we none of us like sally so we'll treat her like crap and bully her and that will reflect some sort of historic uh, horrific circumstance on the ship that you the adult main character deals with mm. but there was a lot of overblown stuff about having to like like um att like attack a kid or you had to like do something horrible happen to children you saw them beaten or some shit that this tabloid got uh, some from somewhere and uh it just wasn't true it's not nothing happens to the kids in the game for the most part nothing yeah. especially not on camera anyway i mean you know it's got its horror moments but it was really quite tame stuff mm. but um you know i think there's there was a lot especially at the time there was a lot of sort of um reactions to that kind of thing when we were getting a lot of japanese horror tropes coming over because again it's a japanese developed game but this happened with i think Silent hill two or three there were some enemies that were supposed to be like disembodied by the children mm. um but you in the original version you could see that they were really 
like evil little kids or whatever and in the western version they were like made either invisible or like harder to see or whatever so that it was obscuring the fact they were supposed to be kids because they're a bit more like sensitive about that sort of stuff because yeah. of stuff, like this rule of road situation and so on stuff so i like the idea of like oh we don't want to insinuate like violence between children or violence against children yada yada but bully from rockstar games came out the same year <laughs> yeah but that's okay because it's rockstar they can get what? it's sad it's satire GTA children the thing <laughs> is is that, satire, that also develop like a lot of for that exact reason that had a big controversy in the uk again as well bully did oh uh, in the okay. uk did. yeah dude. i mean well i mean uh, it was it limited to the uk i don't know i know there was because there was like concern that like kids would learn to do stuff like pack each other like that or whatever which is stupid because like what marbles and like slingshots like it's the fucking 50s my guy that's yeah. fine <laughs> like that would be better than what they do today that's true and i guess was it only just a few years later right that like bioshock came out and in that you can you can like literally eat children like well not eat I, but yeah. you know i mean you absorb them yeah. like it's not good yeah it's not great <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's just whether the, the people who do the knee-jerk reactions are paying attention that day basically it's like if they were sort of mm -hmm. like sleeping on bioshock it was because they were like oh whatever it's fine yeah no one brought yeah. up the fact that there were like little girls that you could like inject or whatever with weird plasmid science mm -hmm. yeah but th there's a lot of that game that was kind of fucked if you, yeah. if you look back and think on it yeah i think it was sort of the point right like though as yeah. the things like in lots of these contexts it's an, a, a piece of artistic work where it's like it's kind of the point is that you've taken that something so innocent has been so horribly corrupted by this awful place. That's mm -hmm. the thing. So yeah. when people go like, it shouldn't be allowed, I'm like, well, then you just can't tell those stories anymore. Mm -hmm. I get that, yeah. Weirdly. So your second pick was Rule of Roses, right? It was Rule of Rose, but yes. Rule of Rose, yes. Weird, okay. weird pluralization because of Japanese translation, I'm assuming. Right, right. So Rule of Rose. So then that brings it back to me. I think for my second pick, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Dead by Daylight. Okay. I'm bringing in the social aspect here because I think for me, I'm not the biggest, uh, like, you know, there's like Outlast Soma and all those kinds of games. I don't really play them too often. Um, but to me, the the whole vibe of like get in a game with your friends and have some fun because like, you know, like it's, it's an old adage that like if you play any game with friends, it's more fun, right? Um, but with Dead by Daylight, I think it's like that perfect mix of um, the horror comes from players you know there's no built-in like the spooky monster around the corner like if that happens you know it's because someone is is legitimately trying to scare you <laughs> yeah someone's being the monster and like the, i think i haven't had as much fun with a horror game than that and it, it's weird because like it doesn't feel like a horror game in the same way like a resident evil does right but it's more that it's like that giddy funny kind of horror you know where it's like you're giggling but also like a little bit scared but not like nervous stupid. laughter yeah yeah. You're, yeah you're not terrified but you are a little bit spooked um like whenever whenever like the the monster is like the totally not jason character right and you start hearing the music and it's like oh shit oh no they're watching me right and it's like they, they have all these mechanics like where, where they the monster can stalk you and you know what it's like when they're watching you and they can you can see their like that cone of um that cone of vision that they have when they're chasing you right behind you it's like it, it just does all these little things that really i think nails that multiplayer horror or asymmetrical multiplayer horror aspects you know they do such a good job gamifying mechanics to heighten the spookiness as well like talking about the cone but also like that when the when the killer's nearby like you can really like hear the throbbing of the heartbeat kind of thing 
mm-hmm. um, that's just like such a good way to give a very positive game experience. And then that forces the players to be listening to, to notice like, Oh shit. Like whatever I'm doing, I should stop and be quiet for a bit because like I can, I can feel the tension of th- this guy showing up and that helps crescendo into like, he's come around the corner jump scare or like when the witch has like the, the pop-up things. Yeah. And so yeah. I think it's, as you described it as like part of the reason that that works as well as it does is because it's like, you know, it's another person doing it to you too. It's like, <laughs> it's, it, they're all, it's like, um, kind of the difference between like sort of, uh, God of War style pre-scripted, uh, QTEs and like the weird stuff that can just happen in a game like Just Cause 3, because it's kind of, you're given natural tools to sort of make cool stuff like that happen rather than having it sort of forced upon you. Also, they just do licensing really great. It's fun seeing so many different characters from different horror franchises show up. Yeah. Or like, like even like you get to play as Nicolas Cage. Like if you're one of the survivors, right. Right? like that's, that's just a thing now. That, that's amazing. <laughs> like they're, they're definitely leaning into like it's it's the closest thing the horror space has to Fortnite, which is Except i think yeah. a good genuinely g- legitimately think that's a good thing it's funny but also pretty good um but just i think that base core gameplay mechanic like honestly if you've never played dead by daylight hop on it with some friends if you're in a spooky mood especially it's halloween right like halloween's coming up soon Perfect it is a great it's a great vibe, very easy to get to, very like accessible. Like I think even your friends who aren't super, super into video games, like there's no hard, like, you know, pro gamer moves you have to do here. Like the hardest thing is a QTE, like when you, while you're like fixing generators or something, right? Like, and, and it's pretty easy for people to get like, oh, press the button on time, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Dead by Daylight, that's my second pick. Uh, Stretch, you get your second and your third pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for my second pick, moving away from kind of like the zombies and the ghosts and the blood and guts and stuff. Oh, wait. I just realized. No, no, no. Will, it's your third, right? No. No. Never mind. Yeah, so. yeah, no, you go last. Oh, you go. So. Going backwards. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My brain. Yes. Um, for, for my second pick, I'm going to go with Alien Isolation. Uh, because that is a terrifying game um Mm. just in not because you're constantly seeing blood and guts that you've got to react to jump scares this but it's just so fucking tense um i i admittedly did not even finish this game um like after you're kind of oh when you're i think i was like on the bridge or something and then there's just the androids everywhere and the way that they'll just like creep up behind you grab you and then suddenly your entire screen is just filled up with uh filled up with their with their faces i I also played this game on my xbox one with the connect um that had it had a really cool it had two really cool features one of them was the lean You'd hold down the lean button and then you could just slightly tilt your head in real life and it would peek out. But then you could also have it so that it would track uh, ambient noise in the room you're playing in as well. Oh, so yeah. that feature was insane. <laughs> <laughs> it was very fun, especially like playing it in college and stuff. Um, to have like a bunch of people all like attempting to be quiet, but then like 
you know, when the alien drops down or an android like appears and crosses the path as people like, <sighs> and then like there'd be a noticeable reaction in the game. Um, that was a blast, okay. terrifying game. And I remember hearing too, isn't, doesn't the alien in that game have like a weird AI where it's kind of like unpredictable and like the ways it can find you, right? I believe so. It was meant to have some kind of like adaptive learning thing going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was, again, it was an optional feature, kind of like the audio and the other stuff. I think you could turn it on and off, but it would kind of like, um, like ramp upwards, I think. It was basically if you were struggling with the game, it would become stupider if you were like getting too good and weren't getting scared very often. It'd be like, okay, we need to make this worse. Mm. But effectively, it's kind of like the... Um, the director from like the Left 4 Dead games, I guess, would be a oh, good yeah. way of sort of like comparing it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cause I, I, that's one I haven't played, but I always hear stories of like it's one of the fucking scarier like. It, it's so it, tense. As, as you said, it's so tense that it's kind of difficult. It can if you're not into tense games, it can be difficult to play. I have to play it like twenty minutes at a time to like an hour yeah. at a time, and I'm super into horror games too. So like, like I won, you, I did outlast in one go, but I cannot do that with with Alien Isolation. I have to take breaks. You finish, you finish a session of Alien Isolation, and like sit back, and you can like let your shoulders relax, and it's like, oh, I have like I have been like locked in up to here mm -hmm. for a whole hour, tight Without tense. Noticing. Yeah, and you just don't notice, and it, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good pick for you. So number three, round yeah. capping yours off. Yeah, so this is going to be my my last one. My last one is going to be Emily wants to play VR. So this is one of it's like a very Five Nights esque game that you're a pizza guy who gets pulled into a house at midnight and then you know uh, there are different like stuffed to toys that like as different hours progress, become more active. And each of the different toys, you need to react differently to get them away from you. But yeah. being VR, you've got like the house to explore, like doors will swing open and shut in this house. You'll need to collect like batteries for your flashlight. Um, but it's just, you know, the, the idea of, you've already got the spookiness of the house, but then, like, if you hear the girl's giggle, you need to find her and look at her because mm. only looking at her will stop her. Then there's, like, a, a red light, green light. Uh, I think it was a clown that, you know, you'd hear, like, him, him, like, muttering to himself and you just need to freeze and you weren't allowed to move until he disappears again. But then you'd have, like, really tense situations where you're, like, have just turned on the lights. You'll hear the you'll hear the the clown that tells you that you're not allowed to move, and then you hear the girl giggle, and so you're now like there, frozen, maybe in pitch darkness, and you've now got to worry about this little girl creepily like scampering up to you, and then all of the jump scares are like full in helmet, terrifying. Um, hey, hey! I've got one word. No, nope, nope. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know they'd VR'd that game. I've, I've heard or I've like seen videos of people playing that one, but I did not know they'd VR'd it up. Yeah, they're terrifying. <laughs> yeah, uh, my <laughs> only experience with horror VR is I played a little bit of Resident Evil Village when they did that VR update, like on PSVR two, 
and I didn't jive with it as much because it had like really narrow FOV and you know like, v, like the usual VRness of it. Mm -hmm. But I got as far as like if you played Village, there's that part in the beginning where like you're being you're uh, being taken away by the military, and then um and then it like crashes and then you have to walk through the woods and it's dark as shit, right? And playing it non VR, I was like, whatever, it's dark woods. In VR can't be fucked i can't be bothered cannot be asked to keep walking down the woods and i can't even fucking imagine going through a house where you have to look at a giggling little girl while a clown's telling you to not look to not move i don't even want to think about that vr yeah. does take it up by like 20 notches right like yeah. yeah as soon as you're in there like you know with the with the headphones on with the three it's terrifying it's yeah. insane because mm -hmm. they just, so, they yeah, just put you in there yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's, but immersive. Mm -hmm. it's making me think about though like vr is maybe like as vr gets more and more consumer grade you know i feel like that's been a 10 year long conversation right like when is vr gonna be ready um i feel like horror is really gonna fucking blossom it went when with vr 100 i mean i think just the the fact that you've got like the immersion factor that increases when you use vr alone is like a huge buff to that like it, 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 i you know have reviewed a bunch of vr horror games um that i also got to play like outside of vr and they were just like outside of vr it's like whatever this is just sneak around some house intruders i think it was called i don't remember now um but and it was just like sort of whatever it's like first person sneaky oh it's dark and there are people in my house sort of game is nothing and then you put it on vr and it's like oh, i am six again and these are people in my house please save me yeah and i just i mean look even non-scary vr games can scare you if you heard don't if you ever want to avoid a bad vr experience don't get drunk and then play like chapter four or five of the american dream <laughs> i was I not ready I, feel, I, I don't feel even like know what the american dream is me neither <laughs> but i feel like the answers don't get drunk and play vr right i feel like okay, that's yeah that's that's good... probably the flat advice for real though if you have vr and you have not played the american dream i highly recommend it it's uh you know uh what's that, that game screen watch where it's like a four-player shooter where you can only see what you're doing oh, yeah, on yeah, other yeah. people's screens oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like samurai sumo digital no sumo digital it's, i can't remember samurai punk actually i think is the developer they're like an Australian uh, dev team and stuff, um, and they did basically. It's like, kind of like a fake theme park attraction set in the nineteen like forties, fifties of like American kind of um, well Americana. So you know that that era that Americana harkens back to strongly of like the nuclear family and sort of like you know the fifties era of sort of like vibe of like come on Billy, I'm going to throw the ball and stuff. It's kind of a big parody of that where mm. you spend your entire life doing everything with guns. But one of the chat, yeah, like that's the joke, right? It's like it's you're a baby, dream. you're eating your like, food out of a bowl that your mum's holding for you by using a gun and putting the gun in your mouth to eat the food, mm. and then you like have to shoot the like the ball back to your dad, and later on when he's throwing catch, you have to like shoot the ball. To it's just you go through your entire life through like having your own kids, marrying, and but it just gets progressively more and more insane. And mm. there's one particular chapter where you go on a date with your high school sweetheart, at an Italian restaurant, where things get dark out of fucking nowhere and i it's it really did me in like when i did it so i you know i recommend but be prepared right and it wasn't the whiskey that did you in for sure nope was... i mean it could be both it could be both fair i think but... it's 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 so easy to get into like horror movies and horror tv shows we were talking beforehand um you know the the fall of the house of usher 
just started yeah. and like that's a great psychological horror thing or a whole bunch of people at tech raptor have been doing like horror movie rewatches but there's like watching a horror movie and playing a horror video game the horror video game can be less scary like on the surface it can be less scary but because you're you're doing it it makes it so much more tense immediately then that vr step is just one layer deeper that like you know you could be someone who is so fine with horror like could watch any horror movie and be unfazed mm. and you will still be a complete bitch when you're put into a headset with 3d audio <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I wonder how much of that is and maybe this is me coming from like a more naive vr experience like i'm not as vr like i haven't played as much vr as, as some people have but i think when you have your hands on the controller and you're playing a video game a non-vr video game like i think i played enough video games where i think like i know how they work on a functional mechanical level you know so like whenever a jump scare happens my brain is like oh it's because i stepped into the active zone that triggers the mm -hmm. game code to be like yes now do the loud noise and the, the visuals right but with vr i feel like i haven't built up the muscle memory or the the language of understanding yet where i think of them in that way so kind of it feels more it's more novel right and it's more surprising in many ways which i think works to like horror's advantage because the whole point is it wants to surprise you and scare you right yeah. yeah i mean i think it kind of just skips that step in the brain like where um like as you said you, you kind of think about the terms when you're in like a normal video game it's like oh i've stepped into like i've i've uh, triggered a flag and i know or whatever that like when you're in vr that like skip to having it be the you know as you look around the world around you changes like it does in real life kind of skips that step in your brain where you're thinking oh this is doing this which is doing this which is doing this and it's just like this is real run you know i think it's just it kind of almost makes it more primal you know it's like you yeah. can kinesthetically project yourself using a controller in a normal video game into a horror scenario and it's like still scary but when you're in vr you don't have a choice you like have to just make that leap immediately because you've got the machine on your head and right. your hands on the sort of like i don't know vr controls or whatever but mm -hmm. exactly i definitely think that's part of it so emily wants to play vr that is your third pick and i think it just spawned a little conversation about vr horror in general which has been pretty <laughs> great um okay so I'm, I'm like flipping a coin between like two for my last pick okay well i want to I'll, I'll say now i've already got some like honorable mentions that i'll, I'll want to bring up in discussion later so just because you need to do a coin flip doesn't mean that we can't talk about them later fair okay um I'm going to say Dead Space Remake for my third pick, Ooh. which I know is just Resident Evil 4 in space. Um, <laughs> Amazing. Uh, no, it's, it's a lot more than that. But I think there was something really novel about it when it first came out, you know, like what, over 10 years ago now, right? It was like 2008 or 9, I think when the original came out. 2008, I think. Yeah, where... Because, you know, before then it was like, go for the head, right? It's pretty basic, you know, shooter stuff. But Dead Space is like, no, 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 cut off, go for the limbs. <laughs> Dismember these things, you know, like be a surgeon. With your foot. Yeah. Specifically. Stomp on oh, yeah, it until it comes away. Hey, I still stomp on every corpse I find because I'm like, I know you're going to come back. <laughs> I'm going to. Pretty sure they expect you to do that at a certain point. It's just like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Crush them. 
but I, I think just while we were talking about like, oh, like the novelty kind of helps ramp up the horror. I think when I first played through Dead Space, that there was that novelty of like, go for the arms, go for the legs, where it like it teach you're learning a whole new way to really like affect quote unquote effectively defeat enemies with a gun, right? And um, that coupled with oh, these things look pretty weird and scary, and they're jumping at you from every angle, and it's like dark half the time, and etc. Like, I think there was just a lot going on in Dead Space that just came together and worked so well for it. And then the remake, I think, just like cranks everything up to 11, right? Like it it, uh, it kind of redoes some of the parts that were a little weaker in the original, right? And then it looks amazing. It's beautiful, right? The lighting is fantastic in it, which really helps sell like, dude, this is fucked. A lot of this is absolutely fucked. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's just some, there's like a certain magic to, I think, Dead Space where it's like the the closest I felt to like a, a third person, like Resident Evil clone kind of a vibe, but it definitely takes that formula and spins it and runs on its own. Um, the franchise itself maybe ran into a wall, but Dead Space <laughs> 1. Or several walls. Dead Space 1 at least was like, that's, it's just front to back fantastic experience for a horror game. So it's a great not just having the the idea of shoot the limbs not the head but for them to create a weapon that is so satisfying and so unique to have the the idea of the horizontal and the vertical shot specifically for cutting limbs and it mm -hmm. is just so satisfying to have a necromorph coming at you and you just like clean take out both of its legs yep. and like it keeps mm -hmm. coming but it's it's just a satisfying, fantastic game. Even the original. Um, yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, they made, you know, like, it's not just the plasma cutter, right? Like, it, that, a lot of the weapons that they, like, the, the rip, what's it called? The rip something the where you shoot, like, a fucking, yeah, the rip where you shoot, like, a saw blade or several saw blades that kind of <laughs> yeah. hang in the air. And, and uh, was it the line gun, yeah. which is, like, the yeah. shotgun version of a plasma cutter? Yeah, the line gun always felt so. That, that to me, is, like, the perfect, like, clean, take out both legs. Like, it's so fun to use that. Aim for the knees, boys. Mm -hmm. I know that we've we've talked about it before on the podcast when the Dead Space remake came out, but to anyone listening who has not seen it, the animated Dead Space prequel movie done by this, like it's got the same art style as the old Men in Black cartoons. Um, and it's all about what happens when the marker first gets put on the Ishimura and kind of, you know, everything being like, you know, everything makes sense. Everything is a normal, you know, mining rig, ship, whatever. And then just the descent into chaos as like everyone was getting transformed into into necromorphs and stuff. Mm. Fantastic movie. Last time I checked, it was free to watch on YouTube as like an, an official free to watch on YouTube, not like just piracy. That's uh, good. That's a good fun horror watch. Mm. Dude, I, might, I might have to track that one out because um, I'm a bit on the back foot for once when it comes to this one. Uh, Dead Space 1 is like one of my top five horror games. It's luckily wasn't going to appear on the list, so because okay. I forgot about it, which is not great. Wow. But um, well, it's because okay, so the game, the remake, as you know, came out like a little while ago. I've owned it since since around the time it came out, and I still haven't played it because I'm like two cheeves off of the platinum for that for the damn thing. So mm. like for the original, like I've just finished the super hard mode playthrough. I've finished the playthrough where you just use a plasma cutter the entire game, and right. it's just like the, like last two or three like upgrades or whatever to finish it off. And I'm like, I don't. Well, so I've not even played the remake yet. I don't want to start playing it until I finished off the last things. 
on, well, on the original. Sorry. I hope you know that the remake also has the like the one gun run thing. Like, only oh yeah, I'm better, planning so. on doing it immediately as soon as I get into this one. I'm not even, not even do a normal run first. I'm just going to do That's... a one gun run. That's real, especially when the when so much of the game is like inventory management and like having that, and also like the limited number of power nodes to upgrade. The getting so like the default gun that you get at the start of the game is the best gun. Like you can you can if you upgrade it, you don't need to worry about inventory space. You can blitz through the game with it. It literally makes oh. those platinum runs so fun because it's like, yeah. you know, you just got one gun to worry about grading, but on top of that, it's just fun to fucking use still. It's like mm -hmm. take out a few limbs, take out like the joints and, you know, use the sort of rotating uh, firing mode and stuff. And it's just like, you can go through a whole game like that and it still feels great to play. Yeah, I will say, I do think with the remake, I mean, yeah, most of my nodes went to the plasma cutter, but with the remake, I do think there were some, they, they tweaked some of the weapons and they feel like better. Than the original from what i remember of my time with it like years ago like the the force gun dude that that thing feels dead ass like a shotgun that's just like an like if you get point blank you just blow all the limbs off of the thing like right in front of it. it feels so satisfying to do that so there are other reasons to use other guns um but yeah. the plasma cutter is still like great plasma cutter is king yeah it really is all right will Final pit, final to round us off. Every, after this, all the other horror games are bad. These nine are the only ones oh. worth playing, right? That's fuck. I'm gonna feel bad for picking this one now. Um, well, you know what? I, at least I didn't pick ODT in the end. That was on my, my short list. So we'll talk about why that didn't make the cut later, eh? Um, so yeah, my third and final pick is this is the niche one. Um, it's a PS1 game by a small, I think, British studio called Martian Gothic Reunification. No, um, that's that's not a real video game name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's strange, but that it's it is a real name. You can tell they're British. Yeah. Maybe if I'm if I'm correct about that. If I'm not, then never mind. Uh, the studio I can't remember the name of the studio who made this thing, but it's like um again, it's kind of like during the height of the Resi and Silent Hill sort of survival horror style thing on the PS1. But it was a really interesting game because you played as three characters who were sent to a space station, kind of like you are in Dead Space. Um, although that's not a station, right? That's just a big shit. But you sent to a big thing in space. You're all put in different um, airlocks, and you control all three of them. But if any of the two of these three characters meet up, they body horror into each other, and you get a game over. So that's why it's called reunification. Is some weird mm. space ray or whatever happens. So you have to like be really conscious about where all three of the characters are throughout the entire game. Um, otherwise, you'll accidentally walk into the same corridor, and once the rooms are like the camera shifts to the same room, like you know how camera shifts happen in Resi, old Resi yeah, games. Yeah. If that happens, and you happen to be using the same camera, both characters will like, well, I'll say they body horror into each other, but with PS1 graphics, it may not be the scariest thing in the universe now, but it's also just like a really, really interesting horror gameplay mechanic. This idea that you could. You know, you'd have these three characters walking around and you've got to like manage inventories and like if you need to swap items between two of them, it's like I have to send one to a place, put the thing in there, and avoid all these obstacles. And it made it really like tense and interesting, but also I think the reason it made it not do so well is because it does add a bit of like you're kind of backtracking over yourself a little bit because you have to like, yeah. move people out of the way and it's kind of fiddly. But you know, if if you you're looking for hidden PS1 sort of horror gems, it's one of the few ones that people just don't talk about that much. Yeah, it kind of sounds like almost a puzzle game by way of horror, right? Yeah, I'd say for sure there's definitely a lot of kind of those kind of mechanics in it because it's effectively figuring out how you can solve puzzles that require these three different skill sets, mm. like uh, the Lost Vikings or whatever, but without them ever meeting each other. Right. So it's like like it, it is really weird um, 
concept and it was kind of a really small team too which is part of the reason like, i ended up picking it like mm-hmm. they made one game before that was called Dreamweb, which is like a point and click game and the, the next game they made was this ps1 game and then they disappeared and i still i don't even know what happened to them i just know that this game was like really weird and kooky yeah that's definitely one i'd never like because the name just sounds like you know they rolled a bunch of dice over yeah right, right. And I, was like, let's well, pick three words i feel like what they like the reunification i got but i feel like they just wanted to go with reunification or something and whoever was mm-hmm. pubbing was like we need more than just reunification you can't just call the whole ass game that yeah so it's they're in space gothic. gothic what's that for it's horror i mean it's not gothic horror though is it no but we're just gonna call it that anyway yeah it could be a little goth you know I mean, they could have made it a bit goth, but it's mostly just like tech horror because it's on a spaceship. So <laughs> and it's not yeah. like a Geiger thing either. So you can't even make that claim that it's like Geiger esque in some way. <laughs> Martian Geiger, your reunification. <laughs> oh my god, Martian Geiger. So that should be a series. Yeah. I thought that should be a series of horror games. I think that that was just scorn, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah. That didn't make the list, huh? No. It's a real shame, but you know, yeah. there are reasons. I why finished that games. game, and it's got such a weird ending. I had to like wait. Scorn or agony? Scorned. Oh god. I finished it, and there wasn't even like a proper credits roll at the end, and I just kind of like the game just kind of like finishes with your character in some like long, slow kind of death thing. That I spoilers. I, I, I wouldn't, really, I wouldn't I worry know. about it. I don't think anyone's going to play I'm honestly surprised you played it all the way to the end stretch. I couldn't. I, I just got so hacked. I was like, nah, well, this is not worth it anymore, man. I, I was reviewing it, so I needed to finish oh, okay. it. You were, you were legally contractually sense. obligated to finish it. But I did, I did email their PR back to say, hey, just want to make sure that I haven't, like, gotten a game over. Is this the ending of the game? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. Good. Sure. Good shit. That was very yeah. strange. It's very, it's not, very strange game. It's, Scorn was disappointing in many ways. It mm. was not. It's you know, anything that sort of like carries around the kind of guy gray aesthetic is gonna draw heads because it's intentionally gross. It's sort of like Dark Seed or whatever mm-hmm. on the back in the DOS days. It's gonna like turn heads. But then you, it, the problem with the game was that you just got into it and it just was really like incredibly clunky and obtuse and stuff with like everything. And you could also like soft lock yourself out of progress. I think weirdly. I don't think that ever happened to me. No, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's that easy to do. It's something to do with like the way respawns work. And if you mm. tank a bunch of damage too early in a certain stage or whatever, it's like nearly impossible. Mm. So, you know, there's the the crap combat with the little bugs and the arm machine or whatever. It's like right, that yeah. area is where it's apparently possible to get yourself completely trapped like forever or something, or at least it was. <laughs> Whether they've updated it, I don't know. Mm. That's very funny. Well, that I, I, This isn't really a list of like worst horror games, but I'm glad that Scorn got an opportunity to... um to appear and some grievances yeah like we're doing bad horror games i've got some other like i've got some other targets on that i would like to like what? no i'm just joking i'm gonna do that would be here uh, it'd be bad yeah Wait, what was your first pick like silent hill 2 hot takes let's go oh that's not a hot take that's a i will be dead take if yeah. i can i say the real real bad take is that i don't think any of the fnaf games are good games see that's you. funny because yeah. FNAF was going to be on one of my honorable right, honorable mentions. mentions. <laughs> Not <laughs> anymore. You know what? No, dude, I'll tell you this. I actually don't mind the story. It's batshit, but the story is interesting. But that gameplay is just not fun. I just mm. don't find it interesting or engaging anyway. That's kind of a killer for a fucking game. I, like, 
and then when they did the one game where you can play it, wait, what's the new one called? Security Breach? And then yeah. there's just, and I was like, hey, this is all right. And then I got to the bit with like, there's a giant sun and moon thing. And it was like, not overly scary, but just really annoying to like, try and walk past this sun in. I was like, I would get to like the third thing I need to collect and miss it. And like, I just go up, I can't. That's my hot take is that from, none of the FNAF games have ever been that great. It's just that the, the law that surrounds them is really, and the community that surrounds them is really interesting. That's the only reason it's as big as it is. IMO. Fair. But, well, I think let's go through, let's rattle, let's rattle off our top threes in order of draft. I think it just, it'd be a nice to like, you know, regroup on where we are at. So stretch, what is your, your personal top three horror games here? Sure thing. My personal top three horror games are Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem, Alien Isolation, and Emily Wants to Play, specifically the VR version. And mine are Resident Evil 7. Dead by Daylight, and then Dead Space Remake. Definitely the, the kind of straight down the middle mainstream ones going on here. <laughs> and my ever so strange list is Silent Hill Downpour, followed by Rule of Rose and Martian Gothic Reunification. At least people have heard of one of those three games. Yeah, Rule of Rose, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, so I don't that, think I, I even got that sort of... I just realized I'm not sure if it's even available in North America at all. I don't know. Maybe. I'll have to check. Yeah. But that that's uh, that's our lists here. And uh, Stretch, you said you had some honorable mentions you wanted to go through, right? It, FNAF yeah, being so one of them. FNAF was one of them. The other one kind of in a similar vein was Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm, um, yeah. Just, you know, another one of that, like, where the game is reaching out to the player and specifically fucking with them. Um, and then another just genre of horror, like a subgenre of horror gaming um, that got kicked off with Until Dawn um, mm. and all of like the dark pictures and the, qua the quarry and stuff. While, you know, in terms of horror, none of them are over the top fantastic. The idea of like getting friends together, you know, whenever one of these games comes out, I always, you know, get a bunch of friends over. We do the, the do, do the movie night mode where you, you know, everyone gets their own character and they put their name in and then it's pick your own horror adventure, but everyone gets to sit around and, and be part of the experience. And right. for like horror movies are already such a good thing to watch with friends like that that undercurrent of like comedy and making fun of a horror movie as it like as a way to deflect from it scaring you is so important for until dawn and like the later games um like all of the man and Medan and and mm -hmm. stuff for that to create such a good like horror movie feel for a video game is an absolute blast yeah I think that's it's kind of like the, one of the reasons I pick like Dead by Daylight, right? Is that bringing friends into it, like and sh having a shared horror experience. I think there's something kind of magical about it. You know, even if it's potentially not as scary as like you're alone in a dark room playing Alien Isolation with a Connect, like right? It's it's a different kind of horror, but I think it's it's a fun vibe for sure. You know, I think the thing is like you know people people kind of traditionally make the assumption that when you're going into a horror movie you're like or to anything horror related that you're going in for scares but you know i mean reducing how scary something is doesn't necessarily re 
reduce your enjoyment of it. So like when yeah. you go back and watch an old slasher film from the eighties or whatever these days, it's not they're not really that scary. It was just kind of like it's all shock value and grossness, and that's what makes them kind of fun to do with other people. And I get that there's those similar kind of vibes from stuff like Dead by Daylight and like you know, I mean, and and as you said, the sort of dark picture anthology series and um, what's the Until Dawn, right? The 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 yeah. sort of again the sort of choose your own adventure of 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 a yeah. slasher movie yeah it's so like those things that totally fits into that same feeling of like you know you've brought all of your friends around to chat crap about this horror horror movie or like in the case of dead by daylight steve's chasing me around the woods with a like pickaxe for seven hours or whatever you know because like yeah. it's just you know it's your mate but they are also like leatherface at that point <laughs> so it makes it fun in a way or even if it's a stranger online that's like well, almost that, yeah. even better right yeah yeah, so it's the yeah. devil you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so w- the other game I was debating for my third pick was PT, uh, which, you know, that I feel like PT is like kind of meta in that it's like kind of lost media now. Like we're kind of getting to that point where some people are like, what the fuck's PT? You know, like, because you can't play it, you can't buy it, you can't download it, like unless you buy a, a $1,000 PS4 on eBay, right, to play PT. Um. But I know that like, I know that people have still people have found ways to mod PS5s to update the whitelist mm-hmm. to allow you to install and run it. So at this point, like PT is going to get some resurgence as soon as like PS4 emulation is reliably correct. Like, yeah, and, I was about to yeah. say everyone yeah, emulation is how it will survive. Oh, yes. that is, wasn't that didn't someone like remake PT in Unreal Engine anyway? Isn't that like a thing already? I'm sure I think someone someone's been trying to. I don't remember if that was like fully done yet um but pt is just one of the like to me pt is like we were talking earlier about you know when we're we're playing non-vr horror games it's kind of easy to see like oh this is the flag this is the active zone this is like where where you think of it mechanically instead of you know emotionally right um i think pt is the closest where it's like yeah we know you think of these things mechanically and we're gonna fuck with you because you were thinking of it mechanically (laughs) you know and i think that's it's a pretty it's a very kojima thing to do right um, I mean, and then, it's kind of a, the meta like duo, right? Is like you've got sort of this. Um, Glamour Del Toro worked with them on that one, right? On PT. Yeah. So I, I feel so. like getting both of them in a room to do all the weird meta kind of mini referential stuff definitely is why it ended up the weird kind of way it did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, like so much of horror games attempted to become PT. Um, it, you know, we had what Allison Road or whatever that one was called. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that one. But I think I think you nailed it with your first pick. Resident Evil Seven was has really been the only game that has taken that and run with it. I feel like you know while while PT was a a failed not failed a cancelled Silent Hills. Um, ironically, it was Resident Evil that that picked up that gameplay and said, "Oh, everyone seems to really be liking this. What if we just?" did that and put that in instead of figuring out how to follow up from resident evil (laughs) six yeah i mean i and if you that just reminded me like resident evil 7's demo campaign that was super fucking smart because like the demo kept getting updates right and like it was a mystery but also spooky right it kept everyone really coming back because it's just the, the demo from what i remember is literally like what a camera crew going in before and they're, they're, they're like the videotapes that you find in the main campaign is like yeah. this camera crew that went in and in the demo you play as the camera crew and it just 
it really sold it because everyone was sort of like, oh, PT, PT, and then it's like, it's been cancelled, man, that sucks. And the Capcom were like, well, actually, yeah. we have something akin to PT right here. Mm-hmm. Would you perhaps like to give it a go? <laughs> you know, and then it was like, that was like perfect. A, yeah, timing and like marketing was just spot on for it. Mm-hmm, 100%. Uh, and then another game I was tossing around and led uh, led myself to like not pick it. Uh, Inscription. Inscription. Ooh. I think the first act. If it was just the first act, it might make it on my list because it's like that right horror vibe. It's very spooky, but you know it's a fun little card game too, uh, with that interesting like you know when you die and start over mechanic. You know, that whole vibe is like where you your previous character becomes a character your future characters can play as like that's all very macabre in a way um but i didn't quite jive with when it transitioned into act two and beyond um so i was like well i can't really speak to the full experience of inscription uh so i felt like i couldn't really put it on my list but that's where i'm at with understandable horror horror games love a good arg (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh will did you have any honorable mentions you wanted to well there's the one that was kind of an outlier i mean i've, I've really picked this list as just uh when i picked my list i was kind of going for stuff that i just thought was the most interesting in terms of horror and there was one that i for similar reasons to you scrappy didn't want to put in because i never actually finished it so i don't feel like i have a good enough grasp on it to um to have brought it up. but it was a game called odt you can get it on pc now on steam it was like re-released or whatever not even that long ago it's a uh, odt or die trying it's about a bunch of people who like crash land on some weird planet and it's just uh you know try and escape and i, I think that like it was kind of one of those really generic titles but because of the weird and by generic title i mean is in the game was kind of generic but the title being this weird odt or die trying also that was like a really odd title and i, I do sort of the reason that never ended up on the list was that i was kind of concerned that like the only reason that i thought it was as good as it was was that i played this was kind of a horror-esque game that i played when i was still absolutely like terrified like couldn't play tomb raider two or three mm. or anything because of the skeletons kind of terrified i was like a very young child at that point um and i was just like i'd never grasped it i only really replayed it again when it, they did the steam re-release a few years back and i haven't even finished that so like that, that one just got left by the way so purely because i didn't feel confident enough with it right um and uh, beyond that, actually there was one the one other one that was a consideration was another silent hill which gets kind of like unfairly treated i think is uh, the other option was Silent Hill Origins, which was the PSP, PS2 release where it's like a prequel. Right. And a lot of people didn't like it. It had like these destruction mechanics, so like you'd use weapons and then they'd break, and people hated that. I always thought that worked really well in the game because like you're beating up a monster. Oh shit, the table leg I'm using has fallen apart, and it's like this mad scramble to get stuff. But it's also one of the only two wo- proper two worlds gameplay Silent Hill games. Because mm. I know that this is the discussion we've had in the Slack before. I'm sure me and Stretch have talked about this a bunch. The two worlds gameplay technically is only two worlds gameplay if you have control over the transition. And Silent Hill Origins was the only one where it's like you can go between the other world and the normal world like when you want to. Because mm. it's like something to do with mirrors in the game. It's like, it, I don't know, it's, I'm sure it is explained. Um, but yeah, that, that one I, that one nearly was like my choice over. Like if someone else had gone for some reason for downpour, like that would have been my second Silent Hill choice for like kind of slept on games. Because it had its problems with like making, it's like we could only use Pyramid Head because it doesn't make sense. Let's make our own. And they called him the Butcher. And it was just kind of, it just felt like they were just doing uh, yes, Pyramid Head in all but name. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, 
Don't you are, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that would have possibly that would be my only like other option would have been for Origins is that I feel it gets slapped on a bit, but I also mm-hmm. understand it does have some weird problems with like treading kind of boring old ground that the Silent Hill series was done with like three games before it, you know. Right. See, I feel like Silent Hill is one. Of, it's it's probably the big hole in my like mainstream horror game space. I've never played a Silent Hill, and Silent Hill Two Remake is probably going to be my first experience with the with the franchise. So I hope it's as good as the original is, because it is the original Silent Hill Two is easily one of the best made horror experiences like of all time, in my opinion. Anyway, I mean, it gets it 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 got kind of overblown for a long time because it, it was so good and kind of nothing else seemed to be able to top it after two came out like mm-hmm. three was good four was interesting but had a lot of issues and then that's why the, like it went downhill from that point but two was like it was really good for the in the terms of actual psychological horror so if i really really do hope they they you know the blue team do a decent job of this remake of two because it is a really interesting story and i would i cannot wait to hear what you think of it if i'm honest because i think yeah. that you will I'll have a lot of fun with it because it takes you to some interesting places. Hell yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see whenever that does come out because I think right now it's like... Soon. Yeah. It's not going to be soon, but soon. <laughs> well, and I think also just uh, to consider with this year, right? I mean, we've still got Alan Wake 2 is going to come yep. out right before Halloween, which I could see that as potentially being like... Like if we did this podcast a couple weeks after that came out, maybe that could even be on one of our lists, you know? Um so definitely something to kind of keep in mind. If you're a big horror person, that's just probably a big release that's probably already already on your radar, I would think. Um, but I think that's a good place for us to wrap this week's episode of the Tech Raptor Podcast. We hope you enjoyed, and maybe you've uh, you've you've heard a few horror games that you might want to pick up potentially at your local game shop because because Will, you have some pretty uh, pretty off the wall <laughs> disc based picks. Weird choices that you cannot play digitally. I am very, very sorry to everyone. <laughs> uh, but we hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, hit subscribe if you haven't already or a thumbs up. And let us know in the comments down below. What are some of your favorite horror games? What's like your top three picks that you would have picked if you were here on this podcast? Because we would love to see. We'd love to figure out what it is that our audience is really into. Um, and if you also want tell more... Also tell us who you have the best the best trilogy in the comments too who had the best three picks or who had the best trilogy if you play one from the start to finish which one has the most likely chance to be a story a complete a complete story yeah oops Um, if you want more content from us, you can go to techraptor.net where we're always publishing news features and reviews throughout the week. But if you want more of this show, we will be back in your feed next Monday and we will see you then. 